The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 hey, hi, hello, and welcome to NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. I'm your host, as always, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinNBA and on uh, one, two, three, please, please, please do, because I desperately need those followers, y'all. My birthday's coming up, and I would love a little present of like, I don't know, 300 more followers, is that too much to ask? Okay, I'm being... uh purely facetious here anyway today is monday march the 9th and it is a good monday y'all it is a good monday i have not felt so good in a long time because my lakers boys and girls they did it statement weekend beat the bucks boom boom beat the oh they beat the clippers they beat the clippers they beat the clippers (laughs) y'all beat them beat them good LeBron played amazingly down the stretch. Took over. Cruz put the crown back on LeBron's head. Talk about petty. That's the type of pettiness I aspire. And as a Lakers fan, that is what I love. I needed to see that. That fueled my weekend. Okay? There's that. We're just going to have a good old-fashioned NBA talk. I don't really have even a structure to this. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk hoops because there's nothing better, really. All right? Simple as that. Got to start with one piece, though, and and that's the unfortunate uh, parting of ways between Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets, and it's 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 frustration. It's frustration. It's frustration is is purely on my end. Uh, being a native New Yorker, I feel I can have that, uh, and preferring the Nets more so than the Knicks, especially the last five six years. This past Saturday, Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets parted ways. Uh, Sean Marks repeatedly said that the conversation or, or decision to part ways came after multiple conversations between the two of them over the direction of the team. Uh, I'm just going to quote this. He said, I would have loved Kenny to be here long term. I think we'll have ideas that this is going to last forever, and we'll keep building this together. We had a great run for four years. We enjoyed each other. I think we grew immensely. He grew as a coach. Hopefully, I've grown as a GM and so forth. We made plenty of mistakes, and we had fun along the way. These are the circumstances. The position we find ourselves in now is what helps to get it to the next level. And I think what we debated and what we deliberated on was this is at a time where the team needs another voice, and that's where we're at. And apparently that voice is going to be Atkinson's, which kind of sucks. He leaves with a record of 118 wins and 190 losses. His last game was a pretty resounding victory over the Spurs on Friday. The Nets currently are 28 and 34, and they sit in 7th place in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. So this probably would have been no, probably. And I'm, I feel pretty confident this would have been his uh, second playoff appearance now. You know, had he stuck it out the rest of the year. Uh, we also remember that Kenny Atkinson started with the Nets in 2016. This was a team bereft of draft picks. This was a team bereft of real talent. And he went from that to, to developing players like Joe Harris. Developing players like Spencer Dinwiddie, who had, had shots on other teams and were discarded. Uh, picking up uh, young talent like Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and building them up to be fine players, putting this this team together, picking up timely vets and instilling this culture and this type of play that has really made the Nets a, a, a strong team. They entered this offseason looking really, really good. You had the culture set. You had players playing well. Remember, D'Angelo Russell was part of that. 
it was built quote unquote the right way and I do believe that there is a way to do that and that's the way it was done and you you look really good heading into the off season. Now, this is where I think the problem started and I, I do not feel bad saying this. I think it started when you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. With Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you have a certain set of expectations. Kevin Durant, 31 going on 32 now. Kyrie, 27 going on 28. Both have made it to multiple championships. Both have made um, both have made it to multiple NBA Finals, rather. Both have won championships. And with that comes an expectation. Basically, screw development. It was the, the B-level version of LeBron James whenever he goes to any young team. <laughs> when he went to that young Cleveland Cavs team in 2014, when he came to the Lakers last year. Yeah, young guys are immediately on notice. Show up or show yourself out. I think that clashed with Kenny Atkinson, the way that he wanted to do things. The two words I thought immediately once it was announced that they were going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Nets was culture clash. I thought it would be a culture clash. I did. You have an established set already from the front office in lockstep with the coaching. They know where they want to go. There's a plan in place. You get players who fit that vision. You play according to that vision. And then, because of your success, you attract other eyes. You attract players who see it as a franchise that they can jump to and and, and be the piece that takes them over the edge. Or, in my opinion, it seems like there's the place that Kevin Durant Kyrie thought, hey, we can take control of this team. They're young. They have no obvious superstar talent here. This could be our team. Let's get our boy DeAndre Jordan. Let's add him to the mix. We got we got three right here. We're a championship contender. We just take this year off. We don't say that, but we do with Kevin Durant being out the whole year. And then we go from there. I think that's how they went into this. I really, really do. Unfortunately, there had to be a casualty to that drastic shift. I don't honestly don't think with the record that the Nets have, that has been super bad. I mean, there's a team that played Kyrie 20-odd games, is missing Kevin Durant for the entire year. Wilson Chandler missed 25 games. Injuries have went up and down this roster. And the East has been pretty tough. You take all those guys out, you know, I don't fault them. But apparently, there was an issue. And it sucks. I feel bad for Kenny Atkinson. I do. I don't think he did anything wrong in this situation. I think it was one of those things where uh, apparently a new voice was needed. But in my opinion, a coaching wrong place, wrong time type deal. He led that team as far as he could take him at the moment. And maybe he isn't the coach to take him over the hump. Who knows? But in my opinion, he was never given that proper opportunity. Now, if he didn't want to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I feel like he says that way earlier than he did. At the same time, he could have, if he was going to be dismissed, I guess, they could have waited to the end of the year to do that, and they did not. So, what does that mean? I don't know. I just think it's unfortunate. I'm just going to run through the record here from when Kenny Atkinson took over and this gradual development from there. First year was that 2016-2017 season. The Nets go 20-62. and 20-62. and 62. Not great. <laughs> and by not great, I mean horrible. Next year, 2017-2018, they go 28-54. and 54, Eight-game improvement. Not horrible at all. You see some development there. It's not bad. Then, the next season, this past one, 2018-2019, Nets go 42-40. and 42-40. 40. That's a 14-game improvement. Losing the Eastern Conference first round to the 76ers. Not bad. 
Okay? You take that momentum. You take those players who got a little bit of playoff seasoning. You move on. Or you don't, apparently. As at the dismissal of Kenny Atkinson, they were 28-34. and 34. They definitely weren't going to improve off of... Uh, I guess they could have, but it did not seem in the future that they would uh, improve from that 42-40 and 40 record. They would have to go something like 15-5 and five or something in the, in the last 20 games. Just, just something that was highly improbable considering the situation, circumstances, and where the team is at talent-wise. It sucks, but them's the breaks. As DeAndre Jordan said and Sean Mark said repeatedly, and anyone who's been asked anything about the dismissal uh, or mutual parting of ways of Coach Atkinson for the Nets has said, you know, this is a business. Players get traded. Players get cut. Coaches get fired. We move on. So I guess with that, I will move on to. But first, I do want to see or, or, or at least think about where Atkinson could possibly go. In my opinion, it had to be uh, the teams that, that are bad, that kind of know they're bad. I mean, they have a coach that's under contract that doesn't seem to be, like, especially in the hot seat. But you could throw teams out like the Kings. I think the Wizards would be an intriguing team. Uh, you know, I don't want to typecast Atkinson as a development-type coach. Uh, Charlotte would be awesome, but they've been quite well with Coach Brego, so I'm not trying to get anyone replaced there. Same thing with Detroit and Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey can oversee a rebuild. I'm not concerned about that. Is that something that he wants to do? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But that's a team that, you know, you take over there. If you can find a way to move Blake Griffin or, or something, you could start from the from the bottom up with that team as well. It's possible. There's, there's, there's teams out there that could be had for the taking. The Knicks is one team that's been thrown about. I'm not sure how how I feel about that. Also, do you really want to put Atkinson in that mess of a situation? You know? Just saying. What about the Houston Rockets? No, I doubt it. I talked myself out of that just as soon as I talked myself into it. Chicago Bulls, you know Jim Boylan's a disaster. Cleveland Cavaliers are looking for a new coach. That kind of would seem to be the favorite there. You definitely have a young backcourt. You can instill that that style of play that worked so well for you in Brooklyn that at least you have the personnel for in Cleveland as they continue to move out those veteran pieces, it's a possibility. There, 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 there's a couple of good situations for Atkinson to go. I'm sure it'll take his time, but you can rest assured that he would definitely get another shot. And, and it's well-deserved. Well-deserved. All right, so we're going to move on to my next topic of conversation here on this Monday NBA chat. I'm just going to call it the NBA chat because, like I said, no real rhyme or reason format-wise to this. But first, I do want to add, please, my wager folk, Yes, I am making that a thing. My good wager folk, when you wager, wager with MyBookieAG. MyBookie.ag, we're brought to you in part by that, a proud partner of all hoopball podcasts, including this one, NBA Today, which, whoa, you hear that, NBA Today? Guess what? The promo code's today, so use promo code today when signing up to get a 50% deposit match. Very simple. Promo code today, as in NBA Today, DFS Today, uh... Fantasy NBA today. I mean, a, a lot of our shows on on the Hoopball Podcast Network end with today, so that should be pretty simple. But definitely use that to get a fifty percent deposit match. Could turn out pretty well for you if you're that wagering folk. All right, so remember that fifty percent deposit match with the promo code today. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. All right, so again, good Monday. It's a good Monday. You know why it's a good Monday? Because the Lakers won yesterday. Yes, they did. Lakers snapped the Clippers' win streak at 6 with a 
103 victory as LeBron James closed out one of the best weekends I can remember. First, this weekend early, it was Lakers versus Bucks, best in the West versus best in the East. LeBron outdo with Giannis, took over in the fourth, made all the big plays, stuck up on the defensive challenge and stopped Giannis when it was needed most, came away with the much-needed win, and put some doubters to shame a little bit, quiet some doubters up, shut them up, yes, that's what you do. Who said they couldn't beat the Bucks? Huh? Had one bad game. Not a great shooting night. All of a sudden, oh, oh, you know. Can't can't last with them. Giannis knocked down a couple threes. <laughs> Big deal. And then wanted to put the crown on. Get out of here with that. Okay, you come for the king, you best not miss. It's simple. It's not hard. Well, guess what? Giannis came to the king. And he missed badly. Okay. Guess what? Just yesterday, Kawhi and the Clippers beat the Beat the Lakers twice. Hey, we were talking a little bit. We see the record. Kawhi is 16-8 against LeBron all time, which, I mean, in my opinion, is kind of overrated because that doesn't mean anything for right now. Literally nothing. Yeah, LeBron played with some good teams in Miami and there's some good Spurs teams, and the Heat happened to lose those games. Then LeBron went to Cleveland, solid Spurs team, and guess what? I guess the Cavs ended up losing those games. LeBron went to L.A., you know. Kawhi went to Toronto, had a couple of matchups there, and guess what? I guess the Lakers lost a couple of those too. And then you have this one, and the Lakers lost two. I think 2-0 is the only one that matters when you bring up that whole lifetime ranking thing, but I get it with players being so great and the legacy and all this good stuff. All I know is that, bottom line, when we judge Kawhi on his uh, greatness and LeBron and his, we're not going to remember the head-to-head matchups unless like we're actively talking about that rivalry, which really I don't think is one. I think Kawhi is clearly on the ascension as LeBron is taking a very, very steady, slight, slight, slight descent. And I say slight because then he has Nitek tonight, or last night, where he takes over and really shows that at 35 in year 17, he is still the man to beat. Period. No question. But I'm also a realist, and it's true. Kawhi's top two. Not top three. I'm, I'm going to be a homer and put Laker, um, Lakers first with LeBron, then Giannis, and then Kawhi. But Kawhi's top three and definitely can be top number one at times, just with the way he plays. But, he didn't get this one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Lakers won 112-103. LeBron at 28.7 rebounds, 9 assists. Alright? And that's following up that monster game he put up against Giannis and the Bucks, where he had 37 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Frank Vogel said it. I'm gonna repeat it. This was probably LeBron's best weekend in a Lakers uniform. Period. Alright? Lakers have won their 4th in a row. Got their 11th out of 12. And it wasn't like LeBron didn't have help tonight because he did. AD scored 30, really had his first strong game against the Clippers all year. Wasn't super efficient in the first two. And you had someone come out of nowhere with a good game, and that was Avery Bradley, who went for a season-high 24 points, 9 of 17 from the field, knocked down 6 out of 12 three-pointers. Each one was massive, and he really set the tone. Early in that first quarter, picked up Pat Bev as he brought the ball up the court, stole it from him. Made a layup, got in his grill a little bit, set a little bit. Got the tee, but that's fine. The Lakers needed someone like that. They needed someone like that all season. Some edge, a little bit of aggression, okay? Got teams like the Clippers who yap a little bit, hack a little bit, talk a lot. Put them in their place a little bit. Say something. We got a post, too. 
Yeah, LeBron will mean mug after a tough finish, you know, flex a little bit, roll back your shoulders. AD will do an and one, but I'm saying, like, really say something. Like Markeith Morris or something, or, or something, where you yap a little bit. Get in the ear a little bit, dog him a little bit. Once that happened, I was like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what we needed. And it's true. Going into this game, I was thinking, and it's not really newsflash, but Lakers needed someone, aside from LeBron and Anthony Davis, to step up offensively. Well, Avery Bradley was that person. Rondo played well. And, and when I say well, I mean, he had eight assists, and the Lakers didn't get completely killed in the minutes without LeBron that he played. He finished with a plus-minus of zero, so <laughs> yikes. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm not too mad about that. Eight assists, got the team their offense, did not shoot worth a crud, but whatever. KCP hit some timely jumpers. Kyle Kuzma did not have the best of shooting nights, missed all four of his threes, but he played a surprisingly passable wing defense down the stretch. And that's where I have to give credit to Frank Vogel because the game plan he had to last night was great, in my opinion. You would see how they were attacking the weak link in Lou Williams, and when you have a point guard, a, a point master, best passer in NBA history in LeBron James, that makes it easier to know when to attack the matchup and go for the basket and to know when to um, set somebody up the same play off the pick and roll switch three times in a row. Slip, give the slip pass to KCP early for a layup. Don't um, give up the pass and drive to the basket. You know, play with the defense a little bit. Work the angles. Work the mind. LeBron is one of the best basketball minds bar none. And so I'm not trying to take away from Frank Vogel's expertise in coaching and strategy here, but you do have to acknowledge that LeBron James uh, knows the game front, back, sideways, upside down, all over, and that that came into play very much, especially down the stretch. But one coaching strategy that I did notice is that, you know, you start it as you normally did, starting five for the Lakers, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Okay? First half, you did get Dwight Howard minutes. Okay? Second half, JaVale McGee played sparingly, very sparingly. He only played 12 minutes for the game. And Dwight Howard only played six minutes and did not appear. And you know why? Because Markeith Morris got 16 minutes of good time, and he played a lot of minutes at the five, and you could roll out lineups with Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James as the front court, which switched surprisingly well, had some size, and also had some mobility to stop the Montrezl Harrells, to bang with the um, to Michael Greens, you know, kind of hang tight with the Marcus Morrises. It was good. It helped that Kyle Kuzma is not afraid of the challenge on these big games. Monster 10 rebounds. Got a bunch of putbacks, you know, when the defense just totally sold out to stop LeBron um, on drives to the basket. And, you know, the shot might miss because you have literally three people behind LeBron on his back. And then guess who would scoop up, get the offensive rebound, put the shot back up? Kyle Kuzma. So that was good. Uh, Speaking of sellout defense, and to me, I mean, we should know what sellout defense is, but you basically just throw out all hope. You sell all hope of the basic measured defensive strategies and principles that you were showed pre-game at the halftime to close out on someone who is just red hot no matter what because he needs to be stopped at all costs. Lakers did a bunch of solid defense on uh, Paul George. A lot. Because Paul George was hot. At least in the first half he was. He finished with 31 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 10 of 11 from the line. 6 rebounds, 3 assists, making the right pass, was knocking down timely threes. It was Paul George's come out game. 
uh, come out party rather for the Clippers against the Lakers. It just was. Uh, Clippers had led 53-49 at halftime, um, and they had their largest lead of nine in the second quarter. Didn't really get too much higher than that. Uh, and you know, again, down the stretch, LeBron played super well. Lakers were up by four points at the start of the fourth. LeBron hit a three-pointer. Then he had a three-point play. Then there was a basket by AD, who had some tough jumpers and, you know, may have not set the best uh, public display of cleanliness by uh, licking his fingers after a particular clutch basket and then low-fiving uh, KCP. Like, dude, coronavirus, disease, it spreads. Please. Okay? <laughs> Wasn't super great. But uh, that happened. But down the stretch, Clippers had more turnovers than assists. Didn't really move the ball too much. George and Leonard combined to score 12 straight points during a stretch in the fourth, but they couldn't sustain that run. And the Lakers did a great job of swimming the pace and keeping a lot of the Clippers, especially Kawhi, off pace. He did not play at the pace that he wanted to. He did not have that rhythm you could you could see. Uh, and to be fair, it wasn't like Kawhi didn't get his points up, because he most certainly did. 27 points on 50% shooting, only 2 of 9 from 3, but get this, only 2 rebounds and no assists. He was getting that ball up, or who knows? Because then one turnover, too. So you could see what kind of mode Kawhi was in. And mind you, that's good. That's key. That's key. Lakers are now 20-2 and two on the road against Western opponents. Their only two losses <laughs> to the Clippers both times earlier this season. And who knows the record between Markeith and Marcus, but as a Lakers fan, I'm going to assume that Markeith has the overall better head-to-head record against the, uh, his brother. Just saying. And since I already brought them up, uh, Marcus had one point on 0 for 9 shooting to go along with 6 rebounds, 1 assist, and 5 fouls. Horrible, horrible game for Marcus. I saw on Twitter someone say that it was one of his uh, worst games of his career, but I haven't really followed Marcus Morris's career as astutely as this Twitter follower must have, so I can't comment on that, but it was definitely not one of his better ones. That's putting it lightly. Understatement of the year. Meanwhile, Marquise Morris had 4 points in 16 minutes, 5 rebounds, 3 fouls, but a lot of uh, minutes that he was able to play was just matchup-wise. And yeah, he didn't get a whole lot of shots, but it wasn't it wasn't a problem to me. I think he played super, super well. All right, so before I get to my next little bit here, I do have to say, uh, please check out HoopBall, hoop-ball.com. So much great resources there. Got your premium package, game time premium. And what is that, you may ask? It's everything you need. If you are in the fantasy world, uh, fantasy basketball, okay, especially with the playoffs coming up in just over a week, you have your add and drop advice, your pre and post game coverage, you have your rankings, your projections, all of that. Uh, there's an international spotlight on the 2020 Chinese Basketball Association. So if you're looking at waiver wire pickups and players who may come over, that's there. You have a host of podcasts. I already mentioned some of them when I was talking about my bookie, but you also have team-specific shows like the Nets cast, the Clippers cast, Lakers, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Kings cast, all of them. So make sure you do that. And you have the Bruise Letter, all right? FSWA Writer of the Year, founding father Aaron Bruski, with a newsletter every week in your inbox with a bunch of words covering every team from a fantasy perspective and three little uh, parts on his Kings, his beloved Kings, okay, which... I could do without, but I'm just kidding. Great writing. Great writing. Every week. So, I mean, what are you waiting for? If you're into the NBA, if you're an NBA junkie, especially if you're into fantasy basketball, like, it's kind of a no-brainer. Check them out. They have all that you need. Hoop-ball. You can follow them on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. 
uh, just please make sure that you look at that and uh, see for yourself. Benefit from this. All right, knowledge is power. There's a lot of knowledge on that website. Okay, so definitely make sure you take a look at that. All right, who I am just so pumped from LeBron's win. I cannot even. Uh, I'm kind of beside myself, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of beside myself. It's it's been a, it's been a day and a half, but uh, yeah, yeah. What a Monday. What a lovely Monday. All right, gotta do a little Twitter fingers. Something I saw on Twitter. Uh, at Rockets, please win. Uh, Matt, he put this uh post up yesterday. I have a really bad feeling LeBron is gonna rob Giannis of MVP because of the media bias that surrounds the award. It's a shame because Giannis is having a historic season and LeBron is debatably not even the best player on his team. Okay, that was the uh, quote-unquote. I'll read it one more time. I have a really bad feeling LeBron is going to rob Giannis of MVP because of the media bias that surrounds the award. It's a shame because Giannis is having a historic season and LeBron is debatably not even the best player on his team. All right, so on the first part of that, I'm going to reserve the right to comment. Okay? I get media bias. I already talked about this last week with the MVP award and everything. That's there. Giannis is having a great season. Historic? Yes. It's it's monstrous. But LeBron, not even the best player on his team? Dude. Please. Now, 872 likes, 148 retweets. That's pretty solid. But you sound mad, in my opinion, man. That's a rare L for you, that second part. LeBron is clearly the best player. AD can come through. And AD has come through. But AD cannot create like LeBron can. When LeBron goes to the bench, the offense semi-collapses without LeBron. You take LeBron off this Lakers team, and you have a glorified 2019 New Orleans Pelicans team. And that is something I will stand by. Okay? Not even close. Debatably? Is it really? No. It's not debatable. If you even look at the MVP race, from strictly objective point of view, it's Giannis by a semi-mile. I do think this we can close it up. You got to remember narrative, y'all. We talked about this. Narrative. That box is squarely in LeBron's corner right now. But it'd be Giannis, then it'd be LeBron. If we're talking MVP, it's clearly Kawhi. But if we're talking like top five NBA players, I'll put AD number five. I'm not going to tell you who I think is number four. But I'll put AD number five. I would. That's not debatable. It really isn't. All right? I can run through all the LeBron numbers for you, but how about you just watch some games with LeBron? See what I see. All right? Just saying. AD even said it himself why he thinks LeBron should be MVP. All right? So, no. Do I think that they are partners? I don't think it's LeBron. It's LeBron, um, like, clear. LeBron is just the alpha, mega, and AD is, like, supporting cast. No, I don't think so. But I think that it's very clear in the pecking order who is still the best player. Because we're debating that LeBron is still the best player in the world. Period. No one's saying that about AD. Which means that he has to be at least a little less great than LeBron. I don't even like the way I worded that. I don't even like the way I worded that. But just in response to that tweet, I have to say that. I do. I mean, guys, girls, people, ladies, gentlemen, wager folk, <laughs> let's be better. We have to be better. Takes? I mean, that's what makes Twitter goes round. Maybe if I had some more fire takes, I, I, I'd, I'd be uh, a little more out there. But I'm just saying. Takes are cool. But... We just don't have to say it just to get people to just jump on that. I know what Twitter's going to do. I know this PSA is not going to stop anything about that. But yeah. Line of the night. The Sunday hero for Monday, Avery Bradley. 
already mentioned him. I'm going to mention him again. He played amazing. He is the Sunday All-Star. All right? 24 points, six threes. Sunday All-Star to Avery Bradley. NBA games tonight. Hornets versus Hawks. I will be watching that as a Hornets fan. Bucks versus Nuggets should be a very compelling one, although Giannis will miss this game uh, as well just because of the injury he kind of suffered against the Lakers. Came down awkwardly in his knee. He'll just miss the remainder of their road trip. And then you have Raptors versus Jazz, which is also going to be a good one. And I hate that they're both at the same time. But, uh, you know, it's the league pass is all about. And NBA TV. So make sure you check that out. Right, well, that'll do it for us here on NBA Today. Follow me at CorbinNBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A, because I am amazing with my inventiveness on the Twitter handle. Also, follow HoopBall again at HoopBallTweets. Make sure you check that out. I will find y'all tomorrow. Take care. Make it a great Monday as good as mine, and have a good one, y'all. I. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.